I'm Peter Martin. And I'm Adam Ennis. And this is the You'll Hear It Podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. What do you got? Well, today we're going to give you some biz skills learned from jazz. A lot of Z's in your title, I'm noticing. Man, I love the Z's. Do you, you know <laughs> the official name for my family? No. We're the Martins. <laughs> yeah, that's for real. Martins. <laughs> What's up? What's um, yeah, so this we thought it would be fun to talk about all the things that we learned uh, from jazz. And, you know, I love jazz so much. I love the music. I love the culture. I love the people. Yep. And I love how much... You know, I'm so grateful for so much that it's given to me. I mean, I've I've given just such a little bit back. I feel bad because I'm always taking, taking, taking. I'm a taker, yeah, yeah. but I want to give back. So, and I want to give to you guys if if any lessons can be learned. But basically, these are things that we learned from being jazz musicians and and what it gave us that we've applied to building the startup of Open Studio. Yeah, and this can be, I think, applied to your business of music if you are trying mm-hmm. to develop your career. It could be applied to another business, really any other business. Yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I'm not aware. Have you? Do you have many degrees in business that I'm not aware of? I have several. Uh, <laughs> if, if zero is considered part of several, <laughs> no. But you, you're really good at at. You've been very good so far at growing this business, at getting the team organized and on board, and and developing systems. And you know, I wasn't until I joined Open Studio and started working here closely with you. I like I never put those two together about yep. being a jazz musician into business, but. It actually is a natural thing. It really is. And I, I mean, my, my concept on it was, and, and kind of how this is developed, was that, you know, when you have a startup, it's based upon an idea. And then it's based upon some people taking that idea. And that's, that's all it really is. Right. It, can, it becomes a whole lot more, but that's the, that's the foundation. That's the genesis, the genesis of it. And so, you know, it's not unlike a solo if you have a good idea and mm-hmm. then you have a good person, a good musician, or even better, good musicians around it that can develop it, it can be an interesting thing that's unexpected. You don't necessarily know where it's going to go, but you know that it's going to go somewhere. And the fun is kind of in the journey of how you do that. And so what I've been trying to do here is just take those things, because I didn't have the business degrees, um, to take the things that I learned from jazz on how to do that, how to work for instance, like with other people, how do we negotiate working and playing with other jazz musicians right. on the stage without necessarily over-discussing everything? You know, how do you communicate with other people, not just verbally, but through the music and, and through the signals there? Um, how do you, you know, develop a band? And then how do you have a band situation where everyone can not only put their best foot forwards, but play in a way that makes the bigger whole band sound better than the individuals put together because I think that's what a successful comp- company especially when it's small at the beginning and it's in that beautiful little kind of startup stage where everybody knows everybody's name still and you know for us it's exciting here because we've just added some new employees and we still know everybody's name yeah. but you can start to see how where maybe if we're lucky enough to get to the future where you've got 20 25 30 people and you come in and you're like wait who are you again yeah, there yeah. will come a day when that happens but but now when it's like everybody knows everybody like how do you make the framework so that everyone's comfortable happy productive and can you know in the band situation play things that they could never do if they were on their own that's right but only in that situation i think this is the first similarity that really pops out is it's not unlike leading a band you know, to lead this business because you have to try to build the best players around you or team yep. around you of, you know, the most talented folks that you can find. First of all, and you have to have a good, something good to a good product. You yep. have to have good music. Yep. 
you know, good tunes, thoughtfully done. Uh, you have to, the leader has to put an emphasis on quality, which you do both on and off the bandstand. You know, you have to make sure that what you're throwing out to the people is of the highest quality it can be. You need talented people around you. And then just like on the bandstand, I think I've noticed that you need to be able to, to get them to buy into it mm-hmm. and then to give them their own responsibilities and ownership of it. Right. You know what I mean? So they don't feel like, oh, I'm just playing Peter Martin's music. Right. Like, this is us. We're doing this together. So, that's the key. And yeah. I mean, I think that that certainly goes beyond jazz and just to the whole art world. And I think that we can rally around as artists a lot of great life and business lessons from that in that the highest level of artistry is so inclusive and inspirational at the same time that it really can lift people up to do things to really perform at their peak and do it in a in a very uh joyful way in a very passionate way yeah and that's when great work gets done great collaborative work great individual work great company work and when we're talking about you know a jazz band i mean there's nothing more exciting than a great solo except a great solo where basically everybody's participating in it and maybe it's not even about what the audience sees as far as the spotlight and sometimes it's like behind the scenes stuff but when that interplay is going on yeah and usually it's the interplay the yeah. conversation the side conversations that can spur you to play something as a player that you couldn't do if you were on your own that's right because there's ideas there's ideas that's right and if you're in that one of those supporting roles you know that it's a group thing like yeah you even though the spotlight's not on you you know that like we're all we're all doing this right you know and actually i think you know a lot of times for the audience it's actually more noticeable. I mean, we always have this problem as musicians because we go hear music a lot. Yeah. But we always think that, okay, well, we're listening as pianists, as musicians. We know the inside game. It's like if a baseball player goes to the game, they're looking at it differently than a fan. But, but sometimes I think maybe not as much because I hear from so many people. I love talking to people after our gigs and, and just, you know, seeing what, I mean, not just for the, you know, oh, you sound so great. Who wouldn't want to hear that? But I love hearing what they like about what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, a recurring thing so much is like, I love the way you guys were interacting and, and having such a good time. Like those two things seem to go together. I always hear that. Yeah. You know, and it really is. But I mean, I think what's part of that too is it sounds great. Yep. You know, and, and that's an easy thing. But like when people see you interacting and doing something together, and having fun doing it, and they're enjoying what it sounds like. It's not unlike, you know, we're both big foodies, and you go to a great restaurant. It's not just the food tastes good, because then you could get a carryout and go home and eat it, and it would taste good. Right. But it's like seeing the, 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 the theater of the kitchen staff working, and the servers, and the timing, and all that. Right, the plating and of the food the itself. The plating yeah. of the food. And, I mean, that's a fun thing to experience, and I think that's why it's, yeah, it's fun to just cook at home. It is nothing like seeing it presented. I'm getting hungry for lunch, by the I way. Know, that's yeah. why I'm thinking about this. <laughs> but um, So what are the similarities here with that to, like, open studio or to business, do you think, like, when you have this team together? Yeah, I think, you know, trying to have a, you know, what we're trying to do here is to have that same kind of framework where people have are empowered and inspired and even passionate about putting their ideas forward and and doing it in an improvisatory way not just you know being free like anyone can come up with a good idea here um and it doesn't have to be in the area that you have your degree in or your title or whatever um and so that's very much like a jazz musician thing like we you know we do have titles here but like everybody's involved with all aspects of the business because we never know when a great idea is going to come from somebody so trying to empower people to do that and and not let it become just totally random same thing like we do you know in a in, a, in an interesting jazz ensemble i would say 
is that you want the framework for the unexpected to happen, but it can't be just a free for all either yeah. because then everyone gets a little bit, you know, depressed and it's like I mean, we've been in these kind of free situations and I'm not talking like about free jazz. I love open improvisation and I've only done it a little bit, but that's a thrilling thing and yeah. but I mean, but we've also been in situations probably where it's like, okay, everybody just play freely but nobody's listening. Yeah. And then, you know, I think you can have a company environment. That, I mean, those usually just don't, like, you can't even get work done so the thing falls apart because right. there's no, <laughs> just doesn't work. But, you know, because, but it's basically because your voice isn't heard by anyone. Just because you can speak doesn't mean you're being heard. And so I think that there needs to be freedom for those ideas to come out, but it has to be in a disciplined way where you feel like, okay, this is the, the time to do it. This is the channel to do it. And um, so, I mean, you know, it's a work in progress, just like we do with kind of any band. And I think that it's uh, a great if you think about the great sort of jazz ensembles over the year and, you know, not to get too traditional, but they always talk about the Duke Ellington band since it was around for so long. And it was called the Duke Ellington band, but it was really based upon specific personalities of members of the band. Yeah. And it was a big group. I mean, it was a big band. But I mean, you had, you know, certain people that had outsized influence on the band, but everybody had some influence, their time to say something, even some unexpected times to step up some varieties from night to night. It's interesting. I think that's really important for any team, whether that's, you know, a band or a company yeah. to have that freedom. Yeah, that's definitely made, you know, Open Studio uh, a great place to work and, and to develop. So, but getting to what you're actually making, whether that's on stage or in the recording studio or, you know, here. Yeah. You know, obviously here you're making jazz lessons, right? That's what we're, we're primarily making yeah. in a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, one thing that strikes me as similarity is in music, the best people that I've, that I know of, really try to keep every single element of what they're doing at such a high quality yeah. and and make sure that it's creative and relevant and executed perfectly. And I mean, that's something I've gotten from you here as well, is that we're not going to let any part of this. I mean, we, we have to be light on our feet, obviously. Mm -hmm. you know, we can't get bogged down, but every part of this, you know, needs to be as high quality as we can make it. Yeah. Um, and that's something that you've kind of developed, I think, over the last few years. But it definitely is straight from the jazz musician playbook. It is. I mean, I, I, I think that, um, to me, that goes along with having a passion for something. Like, if, if, if something is valuable enough, you know, artistically or spiritually or commercially or really in any way, if something becomes valuable enough that you have a passion for it, then the quality will matter to you to the point where you will always fight for that you know yeah. um and so to me like because i got into playing jazz because i love the sound of it and i love when i started to play it like being involved with it but it was basically just based upon the artistic merits of it which is just how it sounded i mean i loved other things on the periphery but it was always just the music felt good to me and i wanted to be a part of it because of that yeah so then i wanted to learn how to get better and because it's such a pure art form in that the better you play, the better it sounds and the better it feels. Like it's just like a it's like a loop that goes along there with the listeners and with the players that, you know, it's it's I, and I don't want to say it's binary, but it kind of it, it's it, there's a spectrum there that goes that's so pure and that feeds your passion so organically as long as you don't get lost in all the other kind of periphery that it just works that because our product here with Open Studio is based upon teaching that thing that it really works the same. So like what we're trying to do is to help people 
that want to develop the same things that we did. Yeah. You know, like they just they want to get better at playing jazz. People don't come to us because they're like, oh, I want to get some jazz lessons because I'll be able to water my plants with them. I mean, it's, it's very clear with what we're doing. And yeah. people, if we can help them get better as jazz players, become the pros that they want to be, then it's such a beautiful thing for them. Like we don't have to sell them on, we're not selling them jazz is great. Like they come to us, they already know that. They know that, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's a, to me, it's like, I want that, that process to be as, as simple and as fun and as inspired and as passionate as it was for me and continues to be for me. And so, you know, the big part of that is we assemble some great artists. Right. Then it becomes easy. But then we want to try to, like, attend to all the details, basically just to streamline the, the members and the customers to be able to get that access in, in as innovative and in easy as a way as possible. Yeah, and I think a, a key with both of these things, whether that's in playing jazz or, or with Open Studio, is, is never really being satisfied with with where you are you know always being hungry to develop that and find a better way yeah you know to, to practice getting better to practice making better music and then you know on the business side to find a better way to reach people to find yeah. a better way to serve people you know to find you know more beautiful ways to present the lessons and more artists that they'll like and yeah. you know it's always like trying not to be uh, satisfied with yourself I think it's it's big on both ends. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking now, it's fun for us to talk about this because I'm realizing another thing that I learned from jazz that's helped me in the biz world, biz skills. <laughs> <laughs> Z's and Z's. Z's and more Z's. But that is that, um, you know, my evolution as a jazz player, I think mirrors a lot of players in that you start out kind of militant when you're young and like, I'm playing for myself, I'm playing for the music, I'm playing for other musicians. And then as you evolve, you start playing more for the audience, not because you're compromising your standards, but because you realize that that's how the biz of music works. And also there's a lot of satisfaction from playing things that are edifying to the audience. And there's a lot more gigs and there's a lot more opportunity, you know, to develop as a, as a player that way. It's just more fun. And so then there's, there's a certain kind of, market-driven this probably get me a little bit in trouble but market-driven aspect to playing jazz successfully i believe and i i don't think that that's anything about you know compromising your artistic integrity or anything i think john coltrane was one of the most market-driven musicians jazz musicians ever because um it's not to say that he couldn't have played another way maybe to got to to get more listeners but in terms of the passion that his audience had and continues to have, like he was very driven by that. And I don't know personally, I didn't obviously know him personally, but I'm saying I can hear that and feel that in his music in the way that it was presented. He was very much going for a niche audience and he was able to line that up apparently very much, very close to what his personal passion for how he wanted to sound. So it doesn't get any better than that. So it's like the same thing with business. If you can line up something that you're so passionate and have so much belief in and then find a tribe of people that are interested in that too, then you're going to have a successful business because then you're, you're not trying to sell people something that they don't want. You're actually giving them exactly what they want. Then it just becomes a challenge to find new things they didn't realize that they wanted. Right. That'll help edify them even more. And a better way to do it. And yeah. a better way to do it. But yeah. if the sincerity is already there, then it doesn't, it, right. you've got no problems. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's true in both cases. Yeah, I think that's an important part. Well, this has been fun. And I yeah. think, uh, yeah. Biz skills learned from jazz. I learned a little bit. Me too. (laughs) I hope hope you at home learned a little bit. Thanks for listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Please go to youllhearit.com to, uh, you know, leave us a question or a suggestion. You can leave us a voice message. Uh, Go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating review. Um, I think we're on Spotify, but don't worry about that. 
Yeah, because we don't we, we are on Spotify, but we don't totally understand the system yet. Yeah, so, but yeah. if you're listening on Spotify, give us a shout out. Hey. We don't know where we'll see it. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, we hear it's the wave of the future, though, so we're there. We do. Good. Uh, currently, we're still running our special here for Open Studios All Access Pass. You can just enter. You'll hear it ten in the offer code field to save ten percent on an annual All Access Pass from Open Studio. And yeah, that's all I got. You got anything else? No, but I would just say the all access pass. I, I fi- finally figured out how we need to market this since this is biz skills. This is like <laughs> the the all, do people do they still have the all you can eat buffet or is that gone out of style? Like the restaurants where you, it's all you can eat. I mean, there's you know there's some really great lunch buffets still around. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's good. So this is the this is the all you can eat buffet of everything that we have at Open Studio. That's the best way to we can't call it the Uber of jazz lessons, but no, we can but, call it the, the lunch buffet of jazz lessons. But referring back to the biz skills thing, maybe maybe all we're missing is a couple Z's. Yeah, that's right. All jazz access. <laughs> oh jazz has two Z's on it. Yeah, but I'm saying all access paths. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe. that doesn't make any sense. All right, well, you know. You'll hear it. <laughs>